0: How many know we're in the year of Jubilee? Hallelujah. God's given it all back. Amen. Time for some restoration. It's time for God to restore those things and get back what the enemy has stolen. It's the year of miracles. It's the year of uh, divine, supernatural um, impartation of the Holy Spirit. Um, I believe it's a year of debt cancellation. I believe God is doing the supernatural in this season. And so last week I started a teaching called um, The Benefits of Knowing God. So if you missed that last week, I just encourage you to jump online. Take a listen to that because it's really the starting point of uh, these couple lessons that we're going to be doing. But last week we talked a lot about one of the benefits of knowing God is his secret places and that God reveals the mysteries of of the world to us. How many need some mysteries revealed to you, Amen. amen? So today I'm gonna be talking to you about discovering the wonders of God. And the reason why I wanna talk about the wonders of God is because the wonders are the supernatural of God. And I believe that we, we are in this year of Jubilee, and that means that God wants to show his wonders, and that means the supernatural hand of God. As I was standing down there worshiping this service, I was just thinking in the word of God that many ways that God showed the supernatural. I mean, just the Red Sea parting in two is incredible. Has anybody ever seen a sea part in two? Not me, Pastor Paul's walked on water, we have it on a picture, but that's about the closest I've seen. Uh, you know, uh, people were healed by, by Paul's shadow. You know, there was the miracles of God, there was demons were coming out of people, blinded eyes were open. the torment was being set free. And I believe that we're coming in that time that God wants us as Christ followers to raise up our faith to see the wonders of God. Not just get by, not just get a little bit from the Lord, but I'm talking about the things that's going to blow your mind. I believe that's where God has us. and, And it's not about one person is better than the other and well that side of the room can get a little bit more things from God than this side of the room. I'm telling you, if you're following Jesus, the supernatural is about to knock on your door. And we have to be alert. We have to know the times and the seasons. So are we recognizing what God is about to do? Because we have to raise up our faith level to receive the wonders of God. And as I begin to study this this week, I realize that when God knocks on your door to give you a supernatural blessing or whatever it is, it's usually at a time where you least expect it. And it's usually at a time where you look so far from it ever happening. That we think like, oh, God's going to manifest this glory or this miracle when I'm on top of the mountain and I'm kind of feeling God. You know, I've been in times where I'm feeling God and it feels good, but it's really just me having a party all by myself. And God doesn't really do anything. But it's when I feel down, when I feel like God is so far away, when I feel like my prayers are hitting the ceiling is where God says, I'm about to show my wonder in your life. And that's where we have to see the wisdom of God on the other side of the situation so we can see what God sees to receive the wonder of God. Amen. So what does that mean? We have to dream this year. I challenge you. You need to write down some things that only God can do. Can God wipe your your debt away? Yes, God can. Does it seem overwhelming in the natural? Sure it does. I told first service, our, our men of faith here, they are believing God for our building, the mortgage to be wiped away. And we would own this property debt free. You know, does that seem kind of impossible? Heck yeah. But with God, it's not possible. That's the wonders of God. God could send somebody in that could write a million-dollar check. I don't know what God can do, but God knows the wonder of the miracle. But if we only look at what we see and we don't look at beyond that, we'll never receive the supernatural miracle that we need in our life. Some of us need our children to come back to Jesus. Some of us need our destinies to unfold and be fulfilled. Some of us need our marriages to just have that little fire and that spark again in it. I don't know what is impossible, but God is moving in the impossibilities in this season. And I'm putting my faith out there this year. I'm going to get some crazy faith. What do you got to lose, amen? Because God is a supernatural God. And so, what happens? We have to understand that God loves you so much that He has things for your life that's gonna blow your mind. And if you find yourself in your walk with God, and we've all been there, where we feel stuck. Have you ever just been stuck? And it seems like I'm right where I was last year. And when we as Christ followers are not activating the Word of God and the promises of God in the supernatural, we get apathetic. We get complacent. We live our 24 7 and we live empty because the temporal things of the world cannot satisfy us the way the kingdom of God is called to satisfy us. So if I'm not seeing God move in my life, guess what? I'm bored. And I don't realize it, but my faith level goes low, my trust in God, my believing God. I show up to church, it's like, well, it's here, it's because of what I do. I show up at my post to serve because that's what I do. And we just find ourselves going through this merry-go-round instead of saying, I'm showing up because God's about to show out in my life. God's about to pay my debt. God's about to promote my company. God's about to restore my marriage. I don't know, but I want to walk on water this year. I want to walk on my circumstance, amen. That's the wonders of God. We've got to get excited. I know blinded eyes are going to open in this season. There's no doubt in my mind. I know the crippled, the lame are going to walk. I know legs are going to grow out. Why? Because we're living in the revival jubilee of God amen jubilee isn't just about things it's about the manifestation of the glory of god how many is ready for church to be fun i don't want to just show up and this is what we do no i want god to be glorified in his house amen where now i'm waking up every day with a purpose i'm waking up with a mission i've got somewhere i'm aiming with god i'm not looking at what i see but i'm believing what god says So God will show up in the times that seem dark in our life and it seems impossible because that means it requires him to do it. But if I'm feeling good about it and I feel like I can do it, then it doesn't have the hand or the faith of God in it. So I want us to open up to Nehemiah this morning. Nehemiah 9.17. And when you're going to receive or have your faith for the uh, wonders of God, it's going to be when you're doing a hard thing. And in this story of Nehemiah, the children of Israel were called to rebuild the walls of the of the uh, temple. And they had Nehemiah had a vision. How many know? Whenever you're rebuilding your life, the enemy's on your tail to tear it down. <clears throat> whenever you declare to rebuild, the enemy's going to discourage you. The enemy's going to re- bring bring accusations against you. He's going to try to stop the work of God. And that's where we find, uh, once again, the children of Israel are discouraged because they're believing God for something in their life and the enemy keeps overtaking them. But something that's so different in Nehemiah here is this generation is reflecting on the prior generation and where they went wrong. And so let's look at this. It says in verse 17, they're talking to Jeremiah and they're saying, they refuse to obey God. And they were not mindful of your wonders. What happened? The children of Israel came out of slavery, captivity, and God was trying to bring them to the place of wonders, the land flowing with milk and honey. But they got stuck in the wilderness because they forgot to be reminded of what God has done for them. Now think about this. They walked out into this wilderness trusting God. They meet the Red Sea. The Red Sea is parted. There's the wonder of God. They walk over on dry land. I don't know about you, but that's pretty awesome. I mean, just imagine the whales on one side. They're all held up by the hand of God. You got the fish and everything, all the wonders underneath. And they're just walking through, seeing the power of God. Then they get on the other side and they got a cloud that leads them by day. How easy is it to follow God if you got a cloud leading you? Like you don't really even gotta trust God. You just gotta follow the cloud. Where's it going? It's going that way. Well, let's all go this way. You know, and then at night they had a pillar, a pillar by a fire by night. It was easy. They got comfortable with the wonders of God. How many in our walk with God that we want something, we want something on the other side of this resistance, in this desert, in this place where I don't see God and I don't feel God. And the problem is, is you forgot the wonders of God that he's already done in your life. We got to look back and say, I may not be where I want to be, but man, God set me free back there. When I got born again, he delivered me. When I got filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, it changed my life. I got so on fire. The first day I served at my church, man, I was so excited. Go back and look where God did the wonders because they failed when they forgot the wonders of God. And they looked at what they were living in and not looking where God was taking them we have to be careful that we're not looking at what we're walking through and missing the wonder that's just on the other side that we need to put our faith out there to believe and trust god god wants to surprise you this year there are surprises of god that's going to knock on your door but it's going to come when you least feel like it And when you feel like it's never going to happen because it's going to take God to trust him to get it done. What are the wonders of God? I'll go back to this verse in a minute. But the wonders of God are the things that you take notice of. It's the things that you're amazed by. It also means this. It is choosing to ponder on God's greatness. I think we should all go home this week and get out our journal and begin to ponder on the good things that God has done in our life. Let's begin to thank God for who he is. Even if we just wake up tomorrow and you're facing some stuff, but you wake up and go, man, this is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and I'm going to be glad in it. And, Lord, your word, it accomplishes that to which it was sent. Your word is yes and your word is amen. I've got all this going on, but I'm pondering on the wonders of God that's just ahead of me. That means I'm walking through the wilderness. God, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. My emotions don't rule me. I rule my emotions. And every step you take in the wilderness, you are that much closer to the wonder of God. Those children of Israel wandered around that mountain the same route for 40 years and the promised land, they walked by it at e- whatever year it took to get to that, that boundary of the land. But they walked by it over and over and they never were able to go in. Some of you are so close. You're right at this place of the wonder of God. And you're looking at what you see and not looking at what God says. I don't know how it's going to happen, but God. I don't know where the money is going to come, but God does. I don't know how my marriage is going to be restored. God knows. We've got to take the limitations off of God and begin to see the supernatural, powerful move of God. I remember my pastors here in, in Mesa, uh, they have a wonderful uh, ministry over there. And she said that they started their healing ministry on their cars. They had a little car uh, dealership because, they, you know, when you first become a pastor, you don't have any money. You're broke. So they had these cars. And she said, we used to lay hands and tell those cars to work in Jesus' name. we tell those engines to start. We didn't know what was wrong with it. But every Sunday we laid hands on that car. You're going to work in the name of Jesus. And guess what? Those cars would start all the time supernaturally. The children of Israel, their shoes never wore out. How many like your kids' shoes never to wear out? Just buy one pair, Nike Airs, whatever it is. And they got them forever. They must have grown with them. I mean, think about it. The supernatural, we we serve a God of supernatural. We've got to get our faith out there, amen. So the wonders of God means beyond one's power. And it's difficult to understand. See, even as I'm preaching this message this morning and and you were getting excited. Some of you can walk out the door, and before you hit your door handle of your car, you're gonna feel like, well, that wasn't for me. You're gonna feel eliminated from the wonders of God because the enemy's gonna make you feel like you're not worthy. But he's telling you today, you are worthy. And he, he did that all through scripture. Let's go back to that Nehemiah verse. It said, They refused to obey God, and they were not mindful of your wonders. That you did among them. And what did they do? They hardened their necks. And in their rebellion, they appointed a leader to bring them back. I think that's what it's going to say. They appointed a leader. (laughs) Does it keep going? Uh, To return to their bondage. What do they want to do? I want to go back to where I at least my 9 to 4 job, 9 to 5 job is going to take care of me. I want to go back to at least I know how much my paycheck is going to cover. Let me go back to where I know what's going to work in my life. Instead of saying, God, I don't know how you're going to do it. See, trusting God is vulnerable. Trusting God is hard. You feel stupid. You feel like it's never going to happen. But it's better than going back and saying, I'm going to go back to where I used to be. They wanted to go back instead of just see what God saw. It was so simple. But they stiffened their neck and said, we're not worthy. I'm angry with God. God didn't show up when I wanted him to show up. He didn't show out how I wanted him to show out. It wasn't the way I wanted it. And they got frustrated. And they never entered the wonders of God. That is so much like our nature today, isn't it? They stiffen their necks. But let's look what happened next. But we t- um, God was ready. But you are God and you are ready to pardon. You are gracious and merciful, slow to anger, Abundant in kindness, and you did not forsake them. Listen, from this moment on, receive the grace of God. God knows you where you're at. You know where the limitations are, but say, Lord, I need your grace to come into my life in this season, to see what you want me to see, to have what you've already destined for me to have. Receive that grace of God, amen, in our life. So let's look at Luke Luke 1 this morning. And like I said, God's going to show up when you least expect it. And we know the story of Mary, the Virgin Mary. But I want to show you some things in here. It says in Luke 1:27, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Verse 28, And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Among women. And I want you to see here that Mary was not of a tribe of promotion. She was just a young girl planning her wedding, gonna live her average life, but God saw something in her to live in purpose. God wanted to give her a wonder in her life, even though she didn't deserve it and she wasn't in the lineage to have it. But the angel showed up at her door with a word from God and said, you are highly favored. I'm speaking you to by the spirit today. You are highly favored. And it's unexpected. And you don't think that you deserve it. But God says, you are blessed because I have chosen you. You are favored because you're my kid. God is showing up. And that's where Mary was, and that word blessed, when the angel spoke, you are blessed, Mary, it means this, it means to speak well, love, or to speak abundantly. It also means the eulogy. God knows your beginning and to your end. He's already written the epitaph that says you are favored and you are blessed. It doesn't matter in the middle where you feel like you're not, where you've made the mistake. It's already been written for you. The word is done for you. God's grace is sufficient for you. You are blessed by God, amen. Now let's look here, it says, um, uh, verse 29. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. What was she saying? Who are you to come tell me and nobody all these wonderful things that I'm highly in favored? She was troubled by those things. And what happens when God speaks to you this word, we self-sabotage because we get troubled that it's really not for me. I'm really not qualified. And she was troubled by this word, even though the angel was standing right in front of her. Now, I want them to show verse 29 in the message version because this is so powerful. Literally what she experienced was, she was thoroughly shaken, See, the things that you're going to believe God for, this word that God wants to speak over your life, the wonders, is going to shake you. It's going to be uncomfortable. God doesn't want us to believe for just little things like, I hope my money makes it to Friday, Jesus. No, I need the overflow abundance. I need everything that God has. I need favor when I walk into my job. I need promotion when I'm not qualified. I need the wonders of God. I don't need status quo. What God wants you to believe is those things that's going to shake you. Like, I don't know how this is going to work, God. I don't know how it's going to turn out. I don't know where it's going to come from. I don't know. And I'm shaking and I'm scared. But God, I trust you. Because there's something leaping within my spirit that this is you. This is the will of God. And God, I'm afraid. But I know you're going to be with me. You're never going to leave me. You're never going to forsake me. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. I'm favored by God. That's the wonders of God. Now listen, you're still in this valley experience. Nothing's changed, but you're receiving what God said. That God, this, I'm shaking in my boots. I'm believing God for some things in this city and for our church and faith builders that I am shaking in my boots. I shared some stuff with Faith Sisters. I shared my vision for the women's ministry. Last Sunday night, and one of the things, I shared a vision with them for the city, for women. And I tell you, only God can do it. And I shared it because I see it, but I'm like, I don't know how God's going to do it. I I don't know, but I don't care. I know God is able. If he gave me the word, he'll give me the ability to do it. He'll give me the resources to make it happen because God is an unlimited God. We limit God, don't we? We limit God. God's saying, don't. She was shaking. Go ahead and put that back up, sweetheart. She was shaking thoroughly, um, Luke 1, wondering what, be, what was behind a greeting like that. But the angel assured to her, Mary, you have, you have nothing to fear. Look at this. God has a surprise for you. God has surprises for you. I'm telling you, you're going to get stuff in the mail. You're going to get the phone call. Your boss is going to promote you. Your file's going to go to the top of the pile if it's at the bottom. I don't know what's going to happen, but you don't have to fear because God has a surprise for you. Amen. But it was when Mary was scared. It's when she didn't know what was going on. It's in your darkest hour, God has a surprise for you. Hang on. That's why Ephesians says when you have done all the stand, just hang on. If you got to get white knuckled and say, I'm not going to move. I'm going to stay faithful to church. I'm going to stay faithful to giving. I'm going to stay faithful to serving. I'm going to do all I can do to stand and I'm going to wait for this miracle to happen in my life. Amen. Amen. The miracle of God. All right, God, let me keep going. Where are we at? Verse 30. And then the angel said to her, oh, we gave that. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, which is a surprise. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And his name will be great, and his name will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him his throne, um, the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom shall be no end. Imagine a little 12-year-old girl getting that word from the angel. My baby is going to be doing that? That's hard to believe. But Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I don't know a man? I don't know how this is going to happen. I don't know where the miracle is going to break through. There's 35, and the angel answered and said to her, how are we going to do it? Do I give that to you? Verse 35, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, Scripture says, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. How are you going to wait for this time of the wonders? The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. He is going to overshadow you. The Holy Spirit leads you into all truth. You're not on this journey alone. Jesus ascended, but he sent the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. We should be praying in the Holy Spirit every day, activating the gift of God, activating the voice of God, saying, Lord, give me ears to hear what your spirit has to say. Let my eyes see the things of the kingdom and not what I'm looking at. We in this season of the church have to activate the Holy Spirit. Because we cannot walk by what we see in this season. Because the world is going to deceive us. There's going to be false Christians that are going to arise in this hour. There's going to be people that will say things that seem godly. But your spirit better be in tune to know what is of God and what is not of God. Because the Bible says there will be a great falling away of deception. Because people are going to follow man and they're going to follow popularity and they're not going to follow the voice of the spirit. And now is the time for the church to get ready and begin to activate the Holy Spirit of God in us so we can have discernment in this season to know what God is doing. Because if the world goes to hell, it doesn't matter. Right? Because I know in the rock in which I stand, I see what God sees. Amen? I see what God sees. So the Holy Spirit is upon you. You have the partner of the Holy Spirit. When you wake up in the morning, invite him in. He's there, but you're acknowledging him. Holy Spirit, I invite you into my day. I invite you into my, my work day. I invite you into my choices. I invite you into my decisions. It's a simple invitation of Holy Spirit, go with me where I go. Holy Spirit, lead me where, the, where God wants me to, wants to take me. Amen. So it's inviting that Holy Spirit. And what was the last thing that Mary said? Verse 38, if you have it. If not, it's okay. Then Mary said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, she said to the angel, let it be to me according to your word. She was troubled. She was shaken. Listen, you're going be- to believe God for some things that you just don't know how it's going to happen. God may give you a word or a dream or a vision. And all you got to do is partner with the word of the Lord. Just say yes. Say let it be to me according to your word. I don't know how, God. I don't know where or when it's going to happen. But I'm connecting with what you have spoken over my life. I believe Faith Builders is called to win North Phoenix, Arizona to Jesus Christ. I believe this church should be packed to capacity. I believe we need a bigger auditorium because the lost is coming in. The harvest is ready. That's where my faith is. I actually had a dream that the whole side of our church was blown out. Was blown out. The walls were blown down. And that's what God wants. God wants the walls to come down. And the whole church came together and said, we'll do church outside. And you all came together. We had thousands on a hillside just worshiping God. They were coming in and getting saved and and being touched by God. That's the move of God. How is that going to happen? I don't know, God. I'll show up every Sunday and preach my heart out. I'll cast vision. How you do it, I don't know. But I'm going to trust you. Amen. That's what God wants to do for our life. He wants to surprise us. And for him to do that, we got to take the limits off. Say, take the limits off. Amen. Be willing to stretch yourself. Take risks. Get uncomfortable. Trusting God is not comfortable. Amen. But if you want to walk in the blessings of God, you have to be willing to allow yourself to be stretched and uncomfortable. When God blesses a man, he grants them favor and gives them happiness. Isn't that good? And when I studied this word blessed, it was interesting because that blessing was from man to God. We can bless God, right? We can praise God. We can worship God. We can bless men to men. We can bless each other, encourage one another. And it also means a blessing from God to man. So there's this way of the blessings flow in all directions. And when I was studying that, it reminded me of Luke chapter 2, verse 52, about Jesus, And the scripture says this, I think you girls might have it, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature, I mean he grew up, and in favor with God and man. So if Jesus had to grow in favor, he had to get wisdom of favor, how much more do we need to increase in the wisdom of God to receive the favor of God? Wisdom is the voice of God. Wisdom is seeing what God sees beyond the situation. See, it's inside into a situation. We need to have wisdom in this hour, and we need to grow into it, become mature in Christ Jesus, and hear and see what God is saying. The wisdom of God. And if Jesus had to grow in that, how much more do you think we need to mature and grow in that? Now, when you look at that, it says Jesus increased in, right? That scripture it says he increased in wisdom. And when I studied that word out, it means this it means to lengthen out by hammering. So some of us feel like we just got the hammer coming down in every direction. And it's just like you take a piece of metal. I was asking Mike, because he's a, he's a smith, smith thank you, blacksmith. And he takes that hammer, and he pounds it, and he pounds it, and he pounds it, and it's lengthening that metal. In order for the lengthening to take place, there's a, uh, there's a season of pressure. And you think because there's a pounding, all hell is breaking loose. You get that bad report. You get that person that leaves you, and you think, man, where is God at? And God's like, no, 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 I'm just lengthening you. I'm strengthening you. Why? Because you'll call on my wisdom to see in the time of hammering that I am there with you. I'm just increasing your faith in this season. I'm going to allow you to see what is going on by the spirit if you'll trust me. But we want, this, we want this wonder season. God, give me your wonders without the process. Or if we're in the process, we cast off restraints because I don't want to be in the process. I don't like it here. Or we think God isn't there. And God's like, no, I was with them in the wilderness. I was with them in the difficult times. Actually, I showed myself more true in the wilderness than I showed them when they were on the mountaintop. Because I showed my my manifestation of my glory. Amen. And that's what God wants for us. So you're maybe in the hammering season. And if you are, and I'm sure that you are, is you got to ask for the wisdom of God. Because, God, I'm here And you promised me wonders, and I'm going through a lot, but I need to see what you see, God. Show me your wisdom. The insight into that situation, right? The right application in my life. So the Lord taught me this scripture verse when I was very young. I was out the gate saved, like 17, in love with Jesus. I came across James 1, 5, 15, excuse me, 1, 5, 1, 5. And it says this, so simple, and I prayed over my life every day. And it's if you lack wisdom, which is what we're praying for, ask of the Lord and he will give it to you liberally without reproach. What does that mean? I'm in this season, God, that I can't see you. I need the insight into the situation. And all God says is ask me for wisdom. It's that simple. I asked the Lord ever since I was young, Lord, give me wisdom beyond my years. Give me wisdom beyond my years, God. Give me wisdom uh, uh, beyond my experience. Give me wisdom. And I prayed that ever since I was 17 years old. And I've been able to walk in things of the Spirit that I normally wouldn't be able to see because of the wisdom of God. Not because I'm special, because I got a verse that said, man, God, all He said to do was ask. That's so easy. Now you ask God, I need insight. I need to see what you see. So that I can have the wonders of God and God says, "Okay, here's my wisdom." He said, "I'm not going to give it to you a little. I'm going to give it to you liberally." That means when you acknowledge God, he's going to give you everything you need to hear and see for the season you're about to walk into. Isn't that good? You don't have to walk blindly with God. Sometimes there are a little bit of steps of faith, but you have to get the word from God to take the step of faith. So once you get your word, now you walk in wisdom no matter what it looks like. I can be shaken to the right, shaking to the left, disappointment, but I know what God said. And I have the wisdom of God. So he says, I'm going to give you a lot of it. And he closes it by saying, without reproach. What does that mean? He's not a respecter of persons. There is not an elitism in the kingdom of God. And that's a lie of the enemy because you see some people in their fruitful season, maybe that tree's been growing for 20 years and it's now an oak tree. And you're just a little baby tree kind of blowing in the wind like, God, what are you doing, right? It's okay. Keep hanging on. Get the wisdom of God and you will become the oak tree. But the only way that happens is by exercising the wisdom of God. God is not a respecter of persons. Listen, an angel is going to knock on your door this week. There's a surprise from God going to knock on your door. Are you going to recognize him when he shows up is only the difference. Amen. We got to get our faith in a position to receive what God says. Now look here really quick in John chapter 2. Got a few minutes here. John chapter 2. I'm telling you, we are living in the greatest season in the church of Jesus Christ, the greatest season of the church of Jesus Christ. It, I'm, we are walking into a supernatural time, and I'm so excited that we are alive in this prophetic, biblical moment on earth. And in John chapter 2, we know it was the story of Jesus, and there was the wedding taking place. And they said, you know, at the wedding back in the day, they would put the best wine out at first, because everybody could recognize if it was cheap wine or good wine. So they'd get everybody a little drunk, and then they'd bring out the cheap wine later in the day. But how many know Jesus saves the best for last? <laughs> Jesus says the best for last and so in this story of John chapter 2 when they were supposed to bring out the sheep, they just asked the mother said turn the water into wine Jesus could have made it at any level but Jesus doesn't do small things Jesus does big things he does extraordinary things he does wonder things why because he's Jesus he didn't have to pray one way or another way he just is who he is and the work the word works in abundance So he blessed the water, right, and it turned into this incredible wine that was better than the beginning, and it says in verse 10, and he said to him, every man at the beginning sets out the good wine, and when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior, you have kept the good wine until now. Listen, we've had good time in the kingdom of God. Church life has been good. I've been doing ministry for 32 years. We've had some good seasons of the church, but you haven't seen the best till now it is the best god has reserved it for such a time as this that the church and the world has never seen before and we are walking into a prophetic moment and i came across haggai this weekend and it's haggai 2 7 and it is so prophetic it opens up and it says this it's a prophetic word from god i will shake all nations if we're ever living in a time where nations are being shaken, shook right now, it's right now. The whole earth is shaking and it's got the hand of God on it. And it may be been manipulated by the enemy, but I'm telling you, God is shaking the nations. Why? To humble this world so that Jesus can be lifted up and that his name can be made great and that the wonders of God can shine. But it's going to come by the shaking of the nations. So, we don't have to be afraid what's happening in Australia and Italy and in America. I'm not afraid. God is shaking the nations for such a time as this. Why? Because I can see God. I have the wisdom to know that God's birthing revival through the shaking and not devastation. The world and the enemy would say everything's going to pot to hell or whatever, however you say it, I don't even know. But I know what God says. I know what his word says, amen, the greater. This is the greater time that we are living in. He said, I will shake all nations. Why? So that the treasures of all nations shall come in. What is God saying? The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. And the righteous are going to build the kingdom of God. And we need the wealth of the world to take care of the lost and dying world. We need to send Bibles to all over the world. We need to be able to send missionaries and build churches and equipping centers. I don't know what it's going to look like or how, but I know there's a wonder of God about to strike this earth. And God says, I'm going to give the treasures back to the the church, and I will fill this house with the glory of God. Isn't that good? So I'm not afraid of the shaking. God's glory is coming back to his house. I'm going to tell you, the safest place to be is the house of God. And it better be a house of God that's preaching the word of God and truth uncompromised, amen. Because that's going to be a safe church. We don't need no tickling ear stuff. The church has had that for a long time. God says no more. I'm going to be about my spirit. I'm going to be about righteousness and truth. Amen. Okay, where am I at? Y'all got me excited. Egg, yeah, let's keep going. Keep going. What does it say? I will shake the nations. I will fill this house with the glory, says the Lord of hosts. Keep going. The silver is mine. The gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. The latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. We are living in the latter days. Amen. This is the time of the great season of Jesus Christ. And in this place, I will give peace, declares the Lord of hosts. The world is troubled. The world is worried. The church is worried. We don't know what's going on. Everything is so unsettling. But in God, the wisdom of God sees I have the peace of God. Why? Because the Lord says, I build the house. I build the church. And the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. If we don't as believers see that this whole thing is about the church of Jesus Christ, we are not walking in the wisdom of God. None of this going on in the world has anything but an assignment of the devil to shut the mouths of believers and the house of Jesus Christ. And it can be all these other trickling things, but the bottom line is the devil wants to try to win in this last end revival. And he can't. He's wrestling with God and he's already lost. Can't win. He can raise up his ugly head a little bit, but he can't win. Amen. Jeremiah 30 verse 3 says this. For behold, days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will restore, there's Jubilee, the fortunes of my people, Israel and Judah, says the Lord. I will bring them back to the land that I gave to their fathers, and they shall take possession of it. That's Jubilee. That's everything that's in my spirit. They messed up. They failed God. They got stiff-necked in rebellion. But God says, I'll give it to the next generation. I'm going to bless them. I'm going to favor them. And I'm going to give them what their fathers couldn't trust me for. And I'm saying right now, I'm not waiting for the next generation, okay. I'm walking in, they can come in right behind me. I'll make it easy for them, but I want to go in and take everything that God has promised for this season. Then we give the torch to the next generation. Then we'll give them the baton because we showed them the way. Let's not make them figure it out. Let's make it easy for them. And then let's give it to it. I'm telling you, those, that generation Z is going to be wild for Jesus, and they're not going to be in the four walls. I'm going to tell you, they're going to be running all over the world doing the kingdom of God. Yeah. Because that's where the church missed it in the last 10, 15 years. we got having pretty church inside. And God's taking us back outside. Amen. Amen. Yeah. To reach this lost and dying world. God is so good. How do we do that? We do that through faith. Raising our faith. We'll get into more next week. But uh, how many are excited? <laughs> I'm excited, too. I'm excited. We're coming into a great time in the kingdom of God. And that's why God's bringing his sheep back. That's why the church is coming back together. That's why people are hearing this, I got to get back to the house of the Lord because God's doing it. He's bringing us back so that we can touch this city, touch this nation. Whatever assignment that we're called to in this city or the purpose of God, we will fulfill it. Amen. Amen. But you are the church and you have to get excited. So let's believe God for the wonders, okay, supernatural. Put your faith out there so far that only God could do those things. You know, back in my parents' day when they had a Bible study, I was, I was little They had supernatural things happen. There was a a, a move, a revival. Uh, People would find their lost diamonds. My mom has stories, you know. I mean, it was just incredible. And we haven't seen that in years and years in the kingdom of God. And we need to see those kind of things again. Amen. All right, let's pray. Father, I thank you today for this awesome time that we're living as the church of Jesus Christ. Lord, I thank you that, Lord, we're getting excited and you're awakening us and we're hearing the voice of the Spirit, God. That, Lord, we're not going to let the world depict to us where I stand, but Lord, we're going to stand right in the middle of your word, in your purpose and in your plan, Father God. And I thank you, Lord, that we are having ears to hear what your Spirit has to say. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you visit every one of us this week. Lord, even those that feel like you're just, they're too far distant to hear you, Lord, let them encounter you this week. Let them hear your voice. Let them feel your spirit today, God. Not one person is eliminated for what you're doing in this season, Lord God. And I thank you that our spirits are going to be ignited. We're going to awaken. We're going to be quickened, Father God, to hear and see what you are doing in the spirit. Thank you, Jesus, that this church has been set apart for your latter rain, God, the latter rain of your spirit. We thank you for that outpouring from heaven, Lord, into every home and family and marriage and children. I just thank you for that, Father God. If you're here this morning, you need to make things right with Jesus. Maybe you're just kind of stumbled and you need to make it right. Maybe you never received Jesus as your Savior, but I know... God is just speaking to your heart right now. And listen, you don't have to have it all figured out. I still don't after 32 years. You just receive Jesus by faith. And God will, God will give you everything you need. But the Bible says you can't understand the things of the spirit unless you're born of the spirit. So you have to take the first step to say yes to Jesus. Then God can give you the understanding. Then God can teach you. But it's not the other way around. As soon as you receive Jesus, you become his son and his daughter, and you'll begin to hear the voice of the Spirit. So I want everybody to repeat after me this morning. Say, Heavenly Father, I ask you to forgive me of all of my sin. I need you to be my Lord, and I need your voice. I need your wisdom. Lead me and guide me. In Jesus' precious name, amen. And amen. I love you all so much. I'm so excited for what's to come. Listen, men, come on out Friday night. This is the season of freedom. The women had so much freedom for, uh, when we Friday night when we met. It was a beautiful spirit. So men, come on out and be a part of a night of destiny. I believe it's going to be a prophetic night for the men. So I love you all so much. Have a great day. And I'll let Pastor Paul close our service. Right, thank you, Pastor Barb.